St. Nicholas, we know, lived and gave out of love. As a young guy, he lived within the scripture. Jesus answering this odd question from two young guys who come up to him, two brothers, the sons of thunder, James and John's, and come up and they ask, hey, Jesus, um, when the time comes, I want to be at your right and I want to be at your left. And here's what happens. Jesus, with a smile on his face, looks and says, you have no idea what you're asking, son. You've just got no clue. He said, but you'll understand it at some point. But here, let me tell you the experience that you're going to experience. You see, he basically looked at them and gave them the simplicity of what it means to serve well. He says, if you want to be first, you're going to be last. If you want to be the greatest, you're going to be slave of all. Because you're going to be the example that I set. Because the Son, of Man, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. To give his life as a ransom for many. Nicholas lived in that same idea. You see, as men, if we look at it and we ask this question, what can I take from that, is that he stood for what was good in service. He lived a life well and served well in that capacity. See, he had things that others needed and was not afraid to give. He knew that people needed to be cared for and was not afraid to step out. He actually lived in a boldness that may or may not have been unique. Because here's the truth, is Nicholas's life is probably no different than what our life will be as it comes down to the recording of the truth of who we are. You see, we're living in that dash, right? You have that date of birth, and, and we know that at some point we have a date that our life will end, and our first breath in heaven takes place, amen? That's the good news, but he was living that dash, and he lived it in such a bold way that he lived it through service. You see, he stood what was good in serving well. And that's the life that we want to live. We want to give out of love. How many times have you been in a, in a, in a store and you, you hear the stories or you hear the, this need, right? Because we're in a season of need as well. Will we not agree that that's one of the Christmas things that happen? Of course, it's a 365-day-a-year thing that happens with need. And, but, but it seems like all of the, the, the more larger stories, the more impactful things of need happen at this time of year. I just uh, was talking with one of the coaches, the coach here uh, in our sports ministry, and she was telling me about a young student um, at her school who was in remission from cancer and then just got the news that the cancer was back and there was nothing that could be done. Yesterday, this young girl entered into the hospital for the next two weeks of her life. And her heart, her question to me was, what can we do? And my only response was, we can serve her well. If this is where she's at, if, if that's where we're all at, not knowing the time or the day or the place or the reason in which those times end, can we live and serve well? When we hear these stories, men, how are we coming out? and serving well. And it's an experience that not only is going to bless 
someone in their life, but it will bless you because you become the example and you become that which Christ has called us to be. When we think about the hands and feet, we think about the nail-scarred hands, the nail-scarred feet of sacrifice and giving that we're to live. And I think when we think about the, and hear the folklore, and, and I hope that you'll go back in and spend some time, just learn a little bit more about St. Nicholas of Myra and learn what did he do well that I can become like. That's kind of what Paul said. Hey, if you can't be like Jesus, be like me. If you can't be like me, be like this guy who's being like me. If you can't be like me or this guy, be like this guy who's being like this guy who's being like me because I'm being like Christ. And that's the thing that we follow. Can we live in a season of doing what is right and what is good. The second thing that we have, and I love this, is that he stood for truth. One, this is one of my favorite stories about being a guy because uh, it's kind of that uh, I like to, to burn chicken and, and eat it while people watch and, and I like to build things and then knock it down because that's the overly manliness piece of me as a dad of four daughters and a wife of 22 years almost. I mean, there's a lot that I, I don't get that ex- opportunity to experience, man. So when I hear these stories, I'm like, man, this is a guy. So one of the things about St. Nicholas we learn is that in, in, uh, in 325, there's this Council of Nicaea. This is a big deal in, in, in church life that we're establishing the deity of Christ. And at that time, they're dealing with a controversy in the church, which we call the Arian controversy. Basically, you had a guy named Arius who was preaching a different gospel, if you will, that Christ was not the deity, he was just a man. And Arius saying, the Bible is not in its full canon good, there's only certain things that are necessary out of the Bible, about eight books or so, that was necessary for us to have an understanding of spiritual truth. Well, here, the, uh, the time that we're dealing with, Nicholas is at this council, and becomes so enraged at Arius and his argument that he gets up and just lays him out. Like, what, what, and, he, and of course the emperor is there, Constantine is there. And Arius is just so passionate about the truth that he gets up and defends it. The Bible is teaching, the canon is teaching us that he is the Lord. He is, Jesus is God. He is man. He is the hypostatic union, the understanding that we have that God incarnate on earth to bring salvation to those who believe. He was so passionate about it that he got so angry that someone stood against it that he went and he knocked this guy out. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Just let's just be honest. I'm not advocating for violence here in the day and age that we're in. We certainly know that we have a, a segment of population that will totally go into that for completely uh, un, just crazy reasons. But imagine if we, as men, were emboldened by the gospel in such a way that those who spoke against it caused us such righteous zeal. That we as men, in this season, in every season, in every way, didn't just stand by, as culture tells us that we ought to, but that we were emboldened by the truth, that we stood for it in a way that wasn't 
quiet, but it was loud. I think that, that goes back into the, the scripture that Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 1, where he said, or I am not ashamed of the gospel. And here, Nicholas stands in the council of many church fathers before the emperor and says, you're not going to say that mess on my watch. And imagine what that looks like in our homes, in our circle of influence. Men, as we think about Christmas and we think about that being a 365-day-a-year opportunity to live bold in the truth because the examples set that we will defend the truth whatever it takes. Are we there? Or have we regressed? We need a boldness in this Christmas season. We need a boldness in every season that we are okay to step up and step out for the truth of the gospel every day, wherever you are. I mean, that needs to be it. We need to have that. I mean, think about that. How many times, as a pastor, as, as a vocational minister, right, the last thing that anybody wants to see me do is jump up and deck somebody, right? And I could just, all of a sudden, I get a phone call from Frazier, we need to meet, <laughs> right? John Mark may be in the office going, that's the way to do it, buddy, but you can't do it here. Right? So, I mean, it's like, you've got to be able to find that moment. You've got to be, how do you do it? And still maintain integrity and character, but the boldness and truth of the gospel, because what did Jesus say about the gospel itself, right? We talk about the gospel's incarnation happening here at Christmas time, but he said the gospel is going to separate. It's going to feel foolish to those who don't want to be learning from it and, and be, who are afraid of it, who don't want to take it on and, and, and engross themselves in it. They want to baptize themselves in the gospel. They want to get away from it and run away from their own secular idea of truth. Nicholas wasn't having that in the day in which, in that moment, men, you need to understand that, a pivotal moment in church history, in the canon history of the Scripture, it easily could have turned to where we're talking about a good man and a good preacher and not God Almighty. I want to be like Nicholas. I want to be unafraid. Because... He was being like Paul, who was being like Christ. So we understand that he stood for what was good and how he gave. And we understood that, that he stood for truth. And I think this third thing I want to encourage us to think about, as we think about that name, St. Nicholas, every Christmas season from here on out, I want this one point to be something that you latch on to and understand is that he was all in for Jesus Christ. Let me explain. In 307, Diocletian was the emperor of Rome. And the one thing that he stood for was hating Christians. Nicholas, who was not afraid of the gospel, was willing to preach the gospel and ended up being a part of those who were being persecuted for his belief. And he was put into prison and for years was in prison and was beaten for what he believed. In prison, 
the folklorists, the, the stories tell us that he would actually step in for those who were unjustly accused and either take their beating or he would give his rations, especially this was a time of famine, would give his rations to other men so that they might survive, knowing where he was going. He had no problem with it. They called these men, as Constantinople changed leadership, and here we have Constantine in, begins to free all of the Christians from their persecution. And those were called confessors. Those that survived were called confessors because they were being beat because of what they confessed in their belief. Out of the prisons walked Nicholas, and everyone who sees him cheers massively. Nicholas! Confessor! Nicholas! They see what he's doing. They see that he has barely any color in his body from the beatings that he has been taken. And the stories go, he stood for me. He proclaimed the gospel for me and stood for me. He served me well, even in prison. And that's kind of an amazing thing. The thing that happened that we understand in this point about St. Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra, is that he was all in for Christ, in prison, out of prison, in the pulpit, and in service. I think of a man's man who served well for the cause of Christ in a Christmassy capacity, who loved our Lord and Savior. I always think about these principles and these things of St. Nicholas. That we can share and understand these, that he served well. I mean, he served well. How many times will we give of our riches like he gave of his riches? That he stood for truth and that he was all in for Jesus Christ. Guys, as we reflect and we think, how does that fit me in this time? I want to encourage you that you wear it well, that you dress in it daily, and that not a moment goes by that we can't step out of ourselves and step out of the moment and step out of the crazy, that our focus turns to the one who gives us life. that we begin to turn our attention not toward the trials, the tribulations of modern-day America, but to the truth that will set us all free. And that's our example. Our example for our kids, for our co-workers, for our wives, for our sons and daughters, <coughs> so that they can set it for their friends. So that when their friends are over to your house, that you're that example. Are we bold in this Christmas season? I pray that it is in every way. Let's pray. God, you are so good. That here even as men in this Christmas season with a Christmassy thought that we can reflect on the right examples of those who saw this season as a 365-day-a-year opportunity. 
that through their life of service and giving and through their life of standing in truth and being all in for the gospel, for, for that which Christ has called us to, Lord, we are thankful for the many examples such as that of this St. Nicholas, that in our Christmas season of celebrating Jesus Christ, that we can be that same example that others will talk about hundreds of years from now. And God, may every life in here, every man's life, be that through that oral tradition that we hear of the great things that every man has done in the name of Jesus as a slave to his will. And I'm thankful that we can be and bow at the feet of the Almighty. So Lord, I just pray for every man that's, that's here, either on a call, on a, on a video, in person. I pray for their progeny. I pray for everybody that's here, our generations, Lord, that they may be blessed because we chase you with our lives, Lord. Keep us bold in Jesus' name. Amen.